Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a Monday edition of the show. Hope everybody was able to salvage a good weekend outside of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put you through during that Sunday game starting at 1 o'clock. And we talked a lot about the game yesterday on the game day stream and Peter Post game show. We're happy to talk more about it today. But the main topic is Todd Bowles being on the hot seat. We spoke to Coach Bowles today. We pried as much information as we possibly could out of Todd Bowles outside of your typical, we practiced well, and we got to play better, and we're going to break it all down for you. We understand that. We understand that. We understand <laughs> that we love you Peter people. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing after uh, hearing from Coach Bowles again? We got some interesting answers. Some of it was coach speak, some of the stuff we've heard before, but I think he was a little bit more detailed today. And I think the biggest thing we can do since we are, are in the room and have been kind of reading between the lines with Todd Bowles over the last two years, Matt, is kind of breaking down some of what Todd Bowles said and didn't say and kind of making sense of it. So um this is not going to be a who's going to replace Todd Bowles um, podcast because we're not there yet, right? No. The the Lasers are not going to fire Todd Bowles this week. He will more than likely get the rest of the season. That has been their MO. I think I've explained that on last night's podcast. I explained that in my two-point conversion column, which got a lot of um, reads. So thank you all for that. Um, I'm going to drop that in, in the chat in case you missed it. But we're, we're going we're gonna to break this down. Uh, this press conference down because he did say a lot of important things yes. and, and, and I've, I've got some, you know, kind of inside scoop. I'm going to be dishing out. That's going to help you understand some of what he's saying and some of what he's, he's not saying and um, not making any excuses for him whatsoever. Right. Um, he is right now he's on the hot seat. And matter of fact, I think we might be the only media outlet that's, that's actually kind of come out in, in, in saying that. And I know we're kind of stating the obvious, but other media outlets really aren't. And we're going to call like we see it. And um, I, you know, I, I've had relationships with with every head coach here in Tampa. And there's no sacred cows. General manager Jason Light is not a sacred cow either. I've had relationships with previous general managers. So it's our job to be honest, be objective, be realistic about yeah. the team. And I think that's why you guys make Peter Report so popular is because you want the truth and and not sugarcoating and, and and not excuses. And sometimes when we tell you a reason, um, it, it might come across as an excuse, but we're, we're not in the excuse business. Sometimes there are some valid, legitimate reasons why things are happening or not. And we try to do our best to kind of parse that and say, this is what's happening. This is what's not happening. And Todd Bowles, we, we got him at today with some of our questions to open up and kind of really state what's going on yeah and we don't try to like peacock ourselves too much by any means we're not really in the business of yeah. doing that but again like the byron leftwich news pewter report reported it first before anything else even stuff like uh you know oh d delaney's gonna play a little bit more in this game and then yeah. what happened d delaney played a little bit more in the right. game so not enough go, <laughs> not enough but a little bit more uh so yeah. you always got to go to pewter report for all the best knowledge about your favorite team. Scott has been doing this for years and years and years, and that's why he's in the best in the game. That's why we do this. We also do this, or one of our other rules, of course, outside of telling the truth or call it like we see yeah. it with the Bucks, is we always answer Super Chats when we get them, and we got them already yeah. 
not even five minutes into the show. So right. thank you so much to Catherine Lobata. I hope I'm saying that correctly, or Loboda. Uh, but Catherine, thank you so much for the $10 super chat, as Catherine says. Finally catching you guys live for the first time That's ever. Awesome. Woohoo! <laughs> A small victory before I'm reminded of how depressing yesterday was. Love you guys. Catherine, thank you so much for all your support. So happy you could join us today. It's not a victory Monday, but it's a roll call Monday. We'll get to roll call in a couple of minutes at 420. Yep. But Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. That's awesome. Uh, love that you're able to watch. And, um, of course, we are happy to answer a follow-up comment if you got a question later on. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Todd Bowles is quite interesting today because I think it kind of came around with Todd where – you can only get away with saying communication and this was a bust and this so long before it's like, yeah. like give us something a little bit more because the same thing you said after you lost the first game outside of the bye isn't really cutting right. um, anymore. So this first video I'm going to play, it actually wasn't the first question that was yeah. asked. I think it was the most impactful response that Todd Bowles had. This was a question, of course, from uh, Peter Report's own Scott Reynolds just What's going wrong with the lack of communication? Which, as we found out from Todd Bowles, might not exactly be thing. So we, when there's there's communication problems out there on the field, and, and again, a lot of these guys have played together now, Coach. You've, you've, That's very true. What is going wrong in terms of communication? Can you dissect that for us? What's, what's not happening uh, in terms of, of communication? Run us through an example. It's really not all communication. Some people just busting, and you know, and it's, it's as simple as that. And we're saying communication, and we're putting a bow on it, but certain people got to play better. It's really that simple. It's not even a communication issue for the most part, and it wasn't yesterday. And we just got to play better. And we can say it's communication all we want. Uh, some things don't even require communication. It requires playing better, and things they've done a million times, and they just got to do it. You know, Matt, when when that when that question was answered, I looked at you, Seven, looked at wow. me, and yeah, we're like, "Wow!" Because that was uh, it was as honest as Todd Bowles has been, yeah. and basically he said, "Listen, I, I've been BSing you guys for a long time, trying to protect my players by saying communication. We had a communication issues, communication, and I just got fed up with with him saying communication. Like, what do you mean, like?" Give us a detailed example. And he said, all right, you know what? It's not communication. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, like it's, our players have to, it's our players have to play better, you know? And and it's, you know, and, and we actually heard him use a player's name today. He said Carlton had a bad day, right? We've been talking yeah. about Carlton Davis. And, and you know, that that's a little refreshing. And I, I, I appreciate and understand why Todd Bowles doesn't want to throw his players under the bus. Some coaches are very much like that. Other coaches, John Gruden, Bruce Arians would call it like they see it. And they, you know, they would throw your, not throw you under the bus, but they would call you out in press conferences, right? Um, how many yeah. times did we hear, yeah, Tom didn't play well, right? Talking about Tom Brady and PFF. Or and I was like, oh my God, like, how could you say something like that? Right. Pro like, football talk would have Bruce a conniption. Bruce changing for, for the GOAT. Bruce ain't yeah. changing for Tom Brady. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes that has to be said, right? And it's like, I understand Todd Bowles. He's different behind closed doors. He is. I've been in his office. I've I've had conversations with, with him where it is not the dude at the press conference. Like uh, I understand uh, maybe having two personas, but at the same time, though, sometimes you have to use the media. Sometimes you have to use the media to light a fire under these players and let them know that hey, I'm going to put you on blast. Like you deserve to be put on blast. You don't be put on blast. Play better. Yeah. You know. And, and uh, it's it's one thing, you know, and, and what's what's the whole politeness thing? It's like, you know, um, criticize in private and, and praise in public. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes players need to be called out and and have a little bit of, of public scorn, you know, uh, to have some pride, to play better than that. Man, Carlton Davis making $14.83 million. And you know what? Sometimes players go through personal things in their life. Donovan Smith had a, a very tragic year last year. He did not play well as a result, right? So we have to take that into consideration. These football players are not robots. They're human beings as well. But sometimes, sometimes it's the, you know, you think that you're, you're better than you are. You're looking at your paycheck every Friday saying, wow, I'm one of the top cornerbacks in the league. And I'm not saying Carlton's doing that. Uh, but 
he didn't play well. And this team is counting on him to play well. And it's putting Todd Bowles in a very bad position because if he plays zone, the Bucks coverage sucks. If he plays man, the Bucks coverage sucks. He's kind of in no man's land. And again, no excuse for Todd Bowles. He's the head coach. It's his job to fix it, especially yeah. on that side of the ball. So there's no passes for Bowles. But I'm just saying that that Todd was pretty honest with us, Matt, reading between the lines of like, hey, I, I could do anything. Blitz, not blitz. Zone, man, whatever. And it didn't matter because my players didn't play well yesterday. It's interesting that Todd Bowles is willing to cover for some of his players when some of his players will not cover on defense. <laughs> um, to be fair to Bowles, he was asked specifically about Carlton, so he wasn't yeah. just like, by the way, Carlton Davis right. was, was bad today. Like He was asked yeah. straight up about Carlton. Yeah. We, we could play that video in a little bit. Uh, but I, I think it is good for Todd to just give us something, not even just us, the media, just say something a little bit different. Because to your point, like, listen, Todd can cover for everybody as much as he wants. Yeah. At the end of the day, that is still going to get him fired. That's right. You know? That's right. And so you're at the point for Todd Bowles that you pretty much have to try anything to try to keep your job. And I'm not saying Todd is going to come out every single week and say, this guy sucked, this guy sucked, JTS couldn't get to the quarterback. Um, Ryan Neal blew another coverage. And if he individually calls out every single player, that's going to save Todd by throwing other people under the bus. Yeah. That's absolutely not going to save his job. But in terms right. of creating a spark, trying to build something a little bit different, maybe, again, it was you trying to pry it out of Todd Poles, but we got uh, a little bit of something out of Todd, which was, again, yeah. a, a nice little mix-up. Uh, we got a nice little super chat here from Les Evans. Thank you for the $5 super chat. As Les says, some got to win, some got to lose. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Good time, Charlie's got the blues. Yeah, I, I feel for you, Bucks fans. I mean, yeah. they haven't won. It's got to be over a month now, right? Because it was oh, week yeah. four, and then they had the bye, and the then they week, won yeah. four in a row. So, yeah, yeah uh, even Todd said today, uh, it was something along, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of like, yeah, we don't even know what winning is like anymore. <laughs> it's been so long since. Yeah. 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 No, it, you know, we, we appreciate all of the, the super chats here. This is from Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse. $2 super chat PR asks tough questions with respect and is respected. We appreciate that. And, you know, it's 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 never personal. Um, and, you know, we don't try to grandstand or anything. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, and try to be flamboyant and get into a, a back and forth with the coach. Uh, whoever the coach is, but at the same time, we have to ask pointed questions. And, um, you know, the thing is, is to be real, I mean, you know, to, to know our audience, it's you guys, it's the pewter people, right? I, I'm, you know, I, I don't have a, a dog in this fight per se. This is, this is my job. This is Matt's job. Um, it's not like we're rooting against the Buccaneers by any means, but we're not, it's, we can't root for the Buccaneers at the same time though. You see, most people, not all, but most people really put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this in the organization from top to bottom. And, you know, you you want to see them do well. Like I, I would I love the Victory Monday shows. Right. They're more yeah. fun than than the uh, Todd Bowles on the hot seat shows. Right. And I feel like I've done too many of these yeah. uh, <laughs> columns and, and, and stories and podcasts right from. Raheem Morris, Greg Schiano, Lovey Smith, Dirk Cutter, right? I mean, uh, we we're going down that road again, and and, it, and it's not fun. And for old timers like myself and Rick Stroud, especially who've been here since you know the Sam Weiss days, um, it, 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 you kind of get used to winning a little bit, and it's a little bit more fun. And and it's uh, you know for you fans, it's more fun, right? Um, so it, it's it's not we don't relish this, but at the same time. We're going to ask tough questions, and we're going to do our job. Because you guys want answers. The pewter yeah. people want answers. So, yeah. And we are the, uh, I don't know, I guess the middleman between the yeah. fan base and and hearing directly from the coaches and players' mouths. And, you know, yeah. to that point, it's like when you're talking to a player, what do you think players would rather be asked? Like, why did right. you guys suck on Sunday? <laughs> or why were you guys so amazing? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's just, winning obviously breeds a lot of uh, positivity. But keeping up with the Super yep. Chats, which, again, we appreciate everybody. Hezo813 with a $5 super chat says, SR, Matty Diamond. Yeah. I'm of the mindset that once Bowles is gone, Light deserves to stay on and lead the search for the next head coach. 
but that's his last shot. Yep. Thoughts? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, that'll get your your take in, in a second. But yes, uh, it's rare that Jason Light gets to go through as many coaches as as he has. Right. At the same time, Lovey Smith hired Jason Light. Yeah. Okay. In 2014. So usually the general manager hires the coach. The Glaciers hired Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith hired Jason. Two years later, Jason fired the guy that hired him. Right. And yeah. and, at, and at the same time, it was. They had drafted Jameis Winston, right? They were, they were literally a couple years into the Winston experiment. And Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator. And Winston, remember, as a rookie, it was an injury replacement, but he went to the Pro Bowl. Like, he showed some promising signs early on that, okay, this guy maybe is, is a franchise-type quarterback. So he made the decision to promote Dirk. Blazers were on board with that, right? And then Dirk ult- ultimately didn't work out. Then he went outside the building for another hire. And you know what? Jason Light um, had the relationship with Bruce Arians, got him out of retirement. And and then a year later, because of the roster that Jason Light had built, the offensive line, Matt, right? Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, uh, DeMar Dotson was still hanging on, you know, until the end. Um, uh, Donovan Smith was playing better football back then. And and the defensive players, the trade for JPP, right? Drafting Vita Vey, et cetera. So um, he attracted Tom Brady. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and he still gets credit for that. He, he's proven to the Lasers. He built a Super Bowl roster. He has found diamonds in the rough like Shaq Barrett in 2019. He has signed Tom Brady. He has made trades for, for Gronk and JPP. Um, you know, some of those draft picks have been absolute hits. Chris Godwin in the third round, some of them, you know, Mike Evans' first overall pick was, was a huge hit. They're, they're like every general manager. There's been some draft misses for sure. Um, yeah. This was an instance with Todd Bowles where this was kind of Bruce's call and the Glaciers let Bruce make that call and the Glaciers signed off on, on the Bulls hire and so did Jason. But this wasn't like a, we're going to open up the search, right? And, and, and oh, we're going to hire Todd Bowles. No, it wasn't that. This was not a coaching search type thing. And so for that reason and because of the fact that Jason's done it before, and I think the Glaciers trust Jason. Mm-hmm. And... I think he's going to get one more shot at hiring another head coach, but it will be the last one. Jason, if he wants to stick around, he's got to find another Bruce Arians type. It won't be an older guy. It'll be a younger, probably offensive play caller, you know, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I I think Jason, again, because winning that Super Bowl and what he did recruiting Tom Brady, which uh, in, you know, in part also recruited Rob Gronkowski and, he built a Super Bowl winning team because even before that, I was like, oh man, they're just a quarterback away. And bam, you got yeah. Tom. So uh, Jason deserves the right to find uh, another head coach if and when they, they fire Todd Bowles. This yeah. is also Jason's probably his last time to find that quarterback that That's can right. be the franchise quarterback because obviously it didn't work with Jameis. But I, I think the whole story of Jason, I, I, Jason Light, is, is super important because it's a great example of. I understand we all want to win now. We want instant gratification. We want go, yeah. go, go, work, work, work. And many other franchises, Jason would have never even had the opportunity to hire Bruce Arians in right. the first place. He would have been let go because of the losing seasons with Lovey yep. and with their cutter. So whether it's a coach that it hasn't worked or a coordinator or a quarterback mm-hmm. right now, sometimes playing the long game, yeah, pays off. And that's the exact uh, example with Jason Light. So I do hope that he'll stay on if, if you know, they if they fire Todd Bowles and that he can be the the guy to find the next head coach and hopefully the, the same quarterback as well. That's and right. hopefully you guys will all join us right now because it is 420. It is time for some roll call. What we do every single Monday because we love the Peter people. We love so much interacting with all of you. This is just another fun way we interact with everybody. We do it every Monday at 420, uh, where one of us will start going on a rant or a diatribe about something with this Buccaneers team. I mean, and in the meantime, if you guys want to put in the comments where you are watching the show from, because we have awesome fans, not just in Florida, not just in the U.S., but international as well, uh, we'll put in the comments where you are watching from. Give a little shout out to a couple of our uh Fans across the globe watching yeah. today. Yep, I'm going to go in a little rant here, um, if I could. This has just been something that's been on my mind, especially 
uh, given yesterday's loss and and also to just kind of this losing streak that the Bucks are on now, which is now four games and will probably end up being uh, two more losses. I, I think they're going to be looking at six straight losses here. I think Tennessee is going to come in. I don't know if they're going to fix their problems in a week. Um, and, and is the offense, is it going to be more of, of what we saw yesterday, which is Kate Otten, right, showing up in the past game, Rashad White having 100 yards again total, and then, you know, Mike, and then more of Chris. Are we going to see this offense live up to its potential against a very tough, rugged Tennessee Titans defense? I don't know. Maybe it was an aberration. Maybe it's maybe it's it's a sign of things to come. Um, but right now, it looks like the offense is going to have to come to the rescue of the defense a little bit. The defense wore the superhero right. cape for a couple of, of weeks to start the season. But now the wheels are kind of falling off the wagon a little bit. And Jamel Dean is uh, is probably going to miss this game with uh, with concussion. He went out in, in the first quarter of uh, of the game yesterday. Carlton Davis didn't play well. Zion McCollum did not play well coming in. Of course, we know Ryan Neal didn't play well. But um, I'll say this. You have to wonder, because I know Jim, Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, they cashed in on some rich contracts. But have they gotten better over the last couple of years? Mm. Or have they plateaued? Or have they gotten worse? At some point in time, you have to examine the coaching. Because coaching does matter. It's a coach's job to get a, a player to play better and to develop their skills. And sometimes it's, you know, what's the old saying? You can't make chicken salad at a chicken, yep. you know what? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the case. Sometimes you, you draft the bus. Sometimes you have a player that just isn't good, and a coach can only, only do so much. I look at Rod Marinelli, for example, right? I think you pluck Warren Sapp and, and Simeon Rice into any defensive line coach's room, right? And, and they're, they're going to be great players, and they're going to make their position coaches look really good as a result. But you, you examine Rob Marinelli, what he did with, with the Buccaneers under not just Tony Dungy, but also under, under John Gruden. And you saw like a 13-sack season for Marcus Jones, who was not a very good player, um, but not really a bust in the first round, but never lived up to his potential and his athletic prowess. But he had a 13-sack season. You look at 1998, who was the Bucks' leading sacker that year? It wasn't Warren Sapp. It was actually undersized nose tackle Brad Culpepper, who had nine sacks, including a safety that year. That shows me Marinelli can coach. It wasn't just it having a couple of Hall of Fame caliber players and Sapp and, and Rice that, that got the job done, but he he made Greg Spires better. He made Bruce or Brad Culpepper better. He made Marcus Jones better. He made Reagan Upshaw play as, as good as he could, and he wasn't even really that great of a, of a player uh, in the first round back in 1996. But that's the mark of a good coach. So when you look around here, is it Logan Hall? Or is it Casey Rogers not really developing uh, Logan Hall? Is it Joe Tron Shoenka? Or is it the fact that that they replaced Bob Sanders, the outside linebackers coach, with another outside linebackers coach, George Edwards, who hasn't really made it much of an impact? He got a lot yeah. of credit for Micah Parsons being well in <laughs> Dallas, but yeah, I think we're learning it's a little more Micah Parsons than right. Yeah. So coaching matters. And you look at this coaching staff, and you know, I see Kevin Ross, and and what do we hear, Matt? We hear, well, you know, the the Bucks DBs, they go up to Todd Bowles' room to watch film. Well, why aren't they watching film with Kevin Ross in the cornerback's room, right? Nick Rapone, I love Nick Rapone, but he's in his 70s. He was Todd Bowles' position coach at Temple. And sometimes coaches, they have to make the tough decisions to fire people on their staffs that they like, that they've had relationships with. But at at, at the end of the day, you got to look at this and say um, – Am I getting the production I want out of these coaches? Are, are they making our players better? Or are these players sliding down? Or are they staying stagnant? I think you, you have to look at not just Todd Bowles, who fired a bunch of offensive coaches. That's great. And the only defensive coach he fired, Matt, was Bob Sanders, who was a coaching buddy at Bruce Arians, who Bruce hired, not Todd. Yeah. But, but Bruce is higher now. George Edwards isn't really doing a great job with Yaya Diaby or Anthony Nelson or Shaq Barrett or Joe Tryon-Schwenka. And so sometimes when you look at, at great coaches, and this is something that Jason Light needs to really consider the next time he goes out and hires a coach, which will probably be next year, you're not just getting a head coach or a coordinator. You have to find coaches that have really good staffs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the head coach 
makes those assistants better. And I think we're seeing Bruce Arians made all of these coaches, a lot of them are fired now, make, made them better. And, and that's a special trait. That's a special quality. I can look at the Greg Shano staff. P.J. Fleck was, was one of the best receivers coaches I've ever seen. He's the head coach at Minnesota Golden Gophers now, right? Yep. And, but the two best coaching staffs that I've seen were Tony Dungy's and John Gruden's, and you throw Bruce Arians in there too, right? I mean, those were the best three coaches in Bucks history. They had good staffs. But it's the guy at the top that holds those position coaches accountable. And I'm not sure that, that we're getting that from Todd Bowles with his assistants. I think the assistants are kind of letting Bowles and the players down as much as the players are. And it's like a mishmash of like some players or some coaches from Bruce Arians, some that Todd Bowles brought in. So yep. I wonder how much of the continuity uh, is involved in there. By the way, want to yep. give a shout out to um, everybody for, for participating during roll call today. We had a great turnout. I uh, want to give a personal shout out to a couple of people. We'll pick a couple of people each show. Okay. Uh, starting internationally, Joe Wisniewski watching from Germany. That's pretty nice. cool. Adam Davies, a uh, constant commenter yep. watching from South Wales in the UK. And cool. then from Florida, we got Craig Ford, Ford from uh, Melbourne Beach. And Noby Davis right in our backyard here in Tampa. And last but not least, some other fans across the U.S. Wade Butler from Front Royal, Virginia. BAA from Mobile, Alabama, which yeah. will be at we'll be there soon. Nicole. Saucy Q's barbecue. Yeah. Chris Gover from Oregon City, Oregon, and RPM 1129 from Queens, New York, where yeah. uh Christian Izzian is from. Yeah, my dad anyway. actually has some um, property up in Front Royal, Front Royal, Virginia. And uh there I'm you very go. familiar with that area. It's, it's awesome. a great, great hunting area yeah, up there. Didn't even know that. And there yeah. you go. Now uh there's a Peter Report connection to it. We're gonna get back to all of these super chats in uh, just one moment, but we've had so many people during uh, roll call today. It's time to tell all of you so many people about the best energy drink around that you could find, which of right. course is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Post Game Show. There is no sugar, no post energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. Just so many awesome different flavors from the new Cosmic Vibe to the Sparkling Orange Pomegranate, the Strawberry Lemonade, and, of course, the Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Uh, Strawberry Kai is great, too. Um, if you know, need to know where to find one, go to the Celsius Store Locator You just on their website. You just punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you can pick one up. It might be like a Walmart or a Target, a 7-Eleven health and fitness store. Or if you're lucky, maybe if you're from Queens, New York, <laughs> you could find a bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega, you know you love Celsius so much and you want more. That's when you can buy them in bulk. I'd recommend getting that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Have it sent uh, to your residence whenever you want with the subscribe and save on Amazon. It could be every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Love seeing all the comments of everybody talking about picking up their favorite flavors of Celsius. Absolutely love to see it. Yeah. And Mike Reynolds, no relation, at least not that I'm aware of, uh, says, oh, hi. I lived in Winchester briefly, right uh, next door neighbor to Front Royal. Yeah, I was actually at the Winchester Hospital as a kid. I had a bad sinus infection, so bad I had to go to the ER. But, uh, yeah, familiar with that area up in, in Northern Virginia. Beautiful country. Well, glad you... Uh... Glad you made it out, Tip Top. I did, yeah. Because <laughs> then we wouldn't have the Peter Report podcast. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bucks Basement, thank you for the four ninety nine Super Chat. Appreciate all you guys' patience. we got a lot of Super Chats to get yeah. to. Uh, are we confident Light and the owners understand the NFL's plate on offense mm -hmm. and to hire an offensive-minded head coach instead yep. of defense again? Well, to be fair, yeah. Bruce Arians was an offensive head coach. Dirk yeah. Cutter was an offensive head coach. So they have tried to go offense. It clearly worked. With um with well, Bruce and John Arians. Gruden too, that they won two Super Bowls with yes. two offensive-minded head coaches and two very good defensive coordinators. Right, the mm -hmm. the Todd Bowles back in 2020 was pretty good, and Monty Kiffin in 2002 was also very good. So you're and, right, Matt. And Bowles getting hired—that's such a specific situation that you don't really find yourself no. in a crazy right. amount of like just the long-term relationship and. Really, it was like, well, is it going to be Todd or is it Leftwich? Oh, Todd has head coaching experience. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been Byron Leftwich, probably, no. Yeah. 
funny comment here from Finu. We're, we're going to mix in some other comments too, but super chats, you, you do get uh, top priority. But when we see a really good, yes, a good post, we're going to put that in there too. Uh, Bucks fan or Bucks giving me heartburns. Can Alka Seltzer be a PR sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> Understand it for sure. Uh, Mark Fisher with a dollar ninety nine super chat. Thank you, Mark. Rev Fish yep. says, uh, "Is this as simple as man to man defense versus zone?" Yeah, I mean, uh, right now they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not doing either one great by any means, and uh, and there's nothing more frustrating um, than than being out there calling plays and nothing works. Uh, That that happened to me. uh, Just personal experience, right? Whatever level you're at, high school, college, pop Warner, like I was, there's certain days where I was out there and we've just got our, our asses kicked and. Like you're trying everything. Uh, let's put this guy here. Let's call this defense. We're doing this coverage, and just nothing works. And that's what happened yesterday with Todd Bowles and the Bucks defense. Whatever they tried to do didn't work. I if 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 I could go back in time and play Todd Bowles and and get inside his his microphone, I would have called more pressure. I would have yeah. lived and died in the second half because uh, if my memory serves, they blitzed. They blitzed Stroud ten of twenty, yeah. t- ten or twenty four times in the first quarter, which is about forty one percent. And yeah, he get, he had a touchdown pass, um, and you know he completed you know high percentage of his throws. He also got sacked once, but Matt, at the end of the day, he only scored ten points. Right, mm-hmm. the, the offense scored ten points in the second half. Bulls blitzed three times on twenty dropbacks. And they scored 29 points, and he threw four more touchdowns. So I think in hindsight, it just tells you uh, if you're, if you're going to live, live or die with with a, either a 1,000 cuts by playing soft zone coverage or just the dagger to the heart, like at least take a chance and, you know, and uh, and try to, to get pressure because they, they can't – and I appreciated Rick Stroud's question today uh, at the end of the press conference. The Bucks just can't get pressure with four. They just can't. Yeah. They're not now, getting up front. Why hear us talk about blitzing when you could just hear Todd Bowles? Yep. So here's Todd. Backs in the first half. The Texans only scored 10 points in the second half. And 20 dropbacks from Stroud, you blitzed only three times. And they got 29 points. Well, some of the dropbacks we had the lead, and it was late. We blitzed in the third quarter, and it burned us. So we went back to playing some more zone. So he has to speed up uh, instead of a four-man rush. There's a lot of both, and usually that's the type of person I am. But with the way we were playing and, and some certain guys in different situations, you didn't want to do it. Ten conversions on third and ten along the Nova team in the NFL has given up more than 28%. Is that just more of the same, or why does that continue to be a kind of a, a weak spot defensively? Well, some of it, the pass rush got to get there, too. When you're playing zone coverage, even man coverage, if you don't get the pass rush, the coverage isn't going to be as good and vice versa. And then some of it is tackling screens. You know, they had a screen backed up yesterday that we had tackles and angles on that we just not make. Talk about the coverage, but in general, is the consistent or lack of consistent four-man pressure the difference for you guys this year? It just hasn't been there consistently. I don't think it's been there consistently. Uh, pass rush helps the coverage. The coverage helps the pass rush. They go hand in hand. So it's all 11 guys and all the coaches involved on that side of the ball. We had talked about that there's been struggles with the front four specifically mm-hmm. getting uh, after the quarterback, and Todd Bowles kind of confirmed that with this yeah. answer. What are your thoughts on the amount of pressure that the defense was able to get on the quarterback and what type of impact or how that impacted the game? I think in the four-man rush, we didn't have enough pressure at all. Uh, we didn't blitz. We didn't get that much pressure other than Shaq. Shaq got some pressure here and there, and Kansi was some. He, he made some plays there, but we got to get more pressure from everybody else. I don't think that was good at all. So there you go. More yep. from uh, more from Bowles about just the overall debacle that was the defense yesterday. But we got more super chats to get yep. to, so let's keep it rolling. Thank you to Tom Bucks fan for this ten dollars super chat. Tom says, "Check out the clock in the fourth quarter." Based on the rule, the clock should be at 44 seconds where Evans recovered the ball. Talking about the play when Trey Palmer fumbled. Running clock. Five seconds ran off before review. The refs moved it to 49. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, It was was, that that happened. Uh, I I think I was a little off in mine. Uh, I I tweeted about this earlier or exposed, whatever you want to call it. And and I said it should have been moved to 39 seconds. But uh, I guess the official rule is... 
it's it's when the fumble occurred is is where uh, is is when when the clock is is supposed to be reset. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if if Todd Bowles did the right thing or not by taking that timeout. Um, I don't know because it is Heinz. It's it's hindsight, right? It, it is. It's you hindsight. know that they scored the touchdown. So yeah. in that sense, you go, oh well, you could have killed fifteen more yeah. seconds. But right. in reality, in the moment, you're thinking yeah. Baker. Even though you protected the ball well this season, don't throw an interception. Right. Don't get sacked. Don't right? do something dumb. Because we saw <laughs> yeah. the Atlanta game when they had a yes. chance to tie it up, they threw uh, the interception. They ended up tying it later. But exactly. You know, we, and, we and not that just that, Matt. It, it's not like this offense has been good in the red zone. Like I don't think Todd Bowles yeah. was thinking, "Oh, we're going to score right here on this first play, a 15 yard yeah. dart to Kate Otten." I mean, I, I don't think that he thought that was going to happen. I think that he probably thought. Uh, we're probably gonna have to score in the last play of the game here, or kick a field goal, right, to get sent into overtime. Uh, I, I think they scored a little too quickly, and that caught everybody off guard, including Bowles. <laughs> yeah, I, I think even Kate Odden was a little surprised he scored yeah. the second touchdown of the game, which that would have been the second career game-winning touchdown for Kate Odden too, because he did it last season uh, when the Bucks were doing those ten thousand yep. uh, comebacks and everything. But anyway, moving yeah. on. Ward Burns, thank you for the five dollars super chat. Who says Harbaugh to the Bucks? We can argue whether Bowles is good enough to be head coach, but there's no argument who is better. Harbaugh is a winner like his brother. You know, I'm not even going to answer necessarily about Harbaugh because the issue with Harbaugh is he's going to want his, like his own team. He's pretty yeah. much going to want to run everything. He'll probably want to be the GM as well. Harbaugh yeah. is very much his way right. or the highway, which I don't know if that meshes well with the Buccaneers and especially yep. with Jason still there at general manager. Yeah. It probably would cost Jason his job. And that's what the Glaciers would have to decide is do we yeah. want, you know, do we want to keep Jason and have him find a head coach? Do we want to hire Jim Harbaugh? The other thing too is Jim Harbaugh is going to cost a lot more. Yes. A lot more than like a Ben Johnson or, you know, uh, Todd Munkin or, or someone like that. And I think the Glaciers would rather pay players than, than coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they opened up the checkbook for John Gruden for sure on his second contract, but then they also fired him. Um, they, they opened up the checkbook for Bruce Arians, but from what I understand, they really didn't, certainly didn't for Brahim Morris, really didn't for Greg Schiano either, either, either Lovey Smith. So uh, Harbaugh, yeah, would, would, would have, he would change everything, uh, from, uh, he believe he would blow it up and start over. And and, and at, at the same time, if it doesn't work out, um, you're starting over at ground zero with Harbaugh, and then you're starting over at ground zero if it doesn't work out, right? And and there's yeah. al- there's always going to be a thing too with Harbaugh is if he's not having success, he could always jump back to college where some college was open up the checkbook. So there's always kind of that threat, right? Where if you if you went with a guy like Ben Johnson or Todd Munkin or whatever you know, he's not going to bail at the first sign of trouble. And we saw that with Steve Spurrier, right? He left Washington, went back to South Carolina, right? Went back yeah. to college. Same thing with Nick Saban. Didn't work out with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Fine. I'm going to go right back to college and get a, a college job. So there's also that little bit of, you know, if if he's not winning early, he wants to protect his reputation, right? Yep. And and get out of Dodge. And um, so that, that would be a, a real concern of mine if I'm the Glaciers is, you know, Harbaugh is going to be both feet in and for year one, but depending on how year one goes, is he going to be one foot in, one foot out in year two? And that would be that that would give me pause. Now, besides Harbaugh, what I would say if I'm the Bucks and you're obviously trying to bring in a, a new head coach, there's going to be a couple of head coaching vacancies. There yeah. just is every single year. Right. My pitch or my convincing platform to said head coach would be like, hey, listen. You're still coming to a division where it's essentially pretty. Yeah. Open. The Falcons still aren't that good. The Saints are only getting older season by season. Yeah. Her car isn't lighting it up by any means, mm-hmm. even though he was the de facto best quarterback in the division right. when the season got going. And the Panthers are clearly not going anywhere this season. Right. So that would be one thing. I would also say, regardless of what's up with Mike Evans, you still have Chris Godwin at wide receiver. And if you sign Tristan Wirfs to an extension, you still have yeah. a very young offensive line yep. with Tristan and Gedeke and Cody yep. Malk. So you have a young offensive line mm-hmm. that is still working together. And, you know, Winfield on, on, on the back end. And you're not 
in uh, the same financial situation that you were last year. Yeah, you with have cap room. Off Tom Brady. You have cap room to you bring know, in more players. Probably a top 10 draft pick. Right now yeah, they're picking so number eight. Tampa Bay, for a head coach next season, if they go that route, yeah. is not the worst situation. Like I'd rather go to the Bucks than the Bears. Yeah. In that type well, of the interesting thing, too, thing. Matt, is, is I'm going to be doing a Peter Pulse on this uh, later tonight is just give you like a little taste of it. Um, the NFC South, there could be as, as many as three firings in the NFC South. In other words, whoever wins the division, whether it's Dennis Allen, whether it's Arthur Smith, whether it's Todd Bowles, they might have a reprieve for one year. But the other coaches, they, they might get canned. I mean, you, you might yeah. see three new head coaches next year in the NFC South. Uh, I, I think that owner in Carolina is not happy at all, right? I mean, you look at what C.J. Stroud's doing, even though yeah. he lost to the Panthers and Bryce Young. He's, he's clearly outperforming Bryce Especially Young. Especially if Bryce Young doesn't play well against the Bucs. And it's like, right. oh, well, Stroud did this against the Bucs. You're telling me? Exactly. That, yeah. 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 Uh, moving on, let's talk a little bit of positivity from Ryan Giles. Thank for the $1.99 Super Chat. As Ryan says, as sad as yesterday was, Rashad, talking about Rashad White, look. Yeah. Great. I wouldn't say great. He had two touchdowns, which is awesome. Yeah. And that was the first multi-touchdown game of his career. Right. That in of itself is great. But also, you know, he had 73 rushing yards. Let's not act like he broke right. a single season game record for rushing yards in a game. He had 73 rushing yards and 46 receiving yards. Yeah. Because exactly. this offense has been so pedestrian and the run game has been so bad. Yeah. It kind of sticks out that Rashad White looked good. Now, yeah. I think for the first time, maybe all season, he had a couple of rushes that went for first downs on first down or right. whatever the run was. It went for 12 or 15 yards. So that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, it is. Rashad White, I think, you know, Kate Odden had a good game. It's still the Mike and Chris show. But Rashad White is his weapon number three. And like you said, he's like an old man Alvin Kamara in terms yeah. of uh, just throwing him the football. Yeah, and I think the thing, too, is is um, when you look at, at Rashad White, um, I wouldn't say great. I mean, if you look at Keaton Mitchell, who I liked coming out of East Carolina, right, and he's kind of been buried on the depth chart in Baltimore a little bit and maybe had some injuries at the beginning of the season. He had nine carries for 138 yards yesterday and a touchdown for the Ravens, uh, essentially in his debut. He played um, a couple snaps, caught one pass for nine yards against the, the Lions, but it was in mop-up duty, but still. He averaged 15.3 yards per, per carry. It's pretty good. Had a 40-yard touchdown and a 60-yard run. So when I'm using the word great, I look at guys that are averaging, you know, 15 yards per per carry, not 3.3. Yeah. Um, not trying to throw shade at, at Rashad White. He's played better the last two weeks, but yes. but uh, it, you know he's he. I think ideally he's he's a great third down back and he's a number two back. But I, I don't know that he's going to be a feature back for the Buccaneers or for anybody. Thank you to Kathy Gillespie for this $5 super chat. It says head coach and defensive coordinator too much. Heard you ask a question. Uh, defense noticeably worse since 2021. Yeah. So yesterday after the game, Rick Stroud had asked Todd about if he, yeah. if he would relinquish uh, defensive play calling duties. And then Greg Allman asked him that uh, something similar to that. Right. Uh, today. Yeah, and he yeah. said, that's not really an option. And it kind of yeah. goes back to what we've been talking about from the beginning or what Todd has been talking about, yeah. which is, Guys just need to play better, and it's yeah. not even communication at this point. It's looking yourself in the mirror. So, yeah, and, and also too, I, I I don't think that if you look at Larry Foote, is Devin White playing great? You're the inside linebackers coach. No, he's not. Yeah. And you're looking at Casey Rogers. Is Logan Hall developing? And, and is is my defensive line playing great? Which defensive tackles had sacks yesterday? Okay, Cansey had one, but yeah, <laughs> but you know, you know, what I'm saying. So I think there's part of that too. I, I don't know that either either candidate foot or Casey Rogers is, is is like a shining star at, at one Buccaneer place where you want to sit there and say, Oh, you're doing this right. So I'm going to reward you with play calling duty. I don't think that's happening. Not at the moment. Uh, thanks to Claude Basil for the $5 super chat. Uh, I tried finding another comment from you. Um, we, we got so many comments right now. Yeah. So uh, really appreciate the super chat. Appreciate everybody yeah. in the comments. Um, yes, for sure. Claude, if, if we find another comment from you, happily we'll uh, throw it up on there. But thank you to Claude. Tyler Thomas with the $5 Super Chat. Thanks, Tyler, who says, SR, given the text you got from Greenberg after starting 2-0, do you think there is a longer leash? Curious about expectations within the building. Longer leash for Todd Bowles? No. 
no, I think he's got to win this year. I think Rondé Barber was right on the money when we had Rondé on this podcast, Matt, and we yeah, asked him about Todd Bowles. Yeah, and he said uh, he's got to win this year. And and, uh, and everything that I've kind of gleaned, that's the case. He needs to win this year. That means nine and eight, making the playoffs or better. Um, and and when you look at at the upcoming schedule, and it it looks a little bleak right now right i mean this is the remaining schedule if you want to put that that uh super chat down for one second matt yes. uh, and, and th this was prior to the houston game right so th these records have not been updated uh but th this you know th th this is the schedule here so uh the san fran game is going to be a loss for sure i believe the jacksonville game will be a loss there's two right you've already played houston again these records need to be updated this is from last week i'm just throwing it up just to give you the opponents who yes. they're going to play the Tennessee game is going to be a dogfight. Probably the Bucs lose that. Um, you lose to the 49ers. The, the Colts game is going to be uh, a very tough one. Uh, believe it or not, Gardner Minshew. And the defense is playing well in Indianapolis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you should sweep Carolina. You have a chance to get back in this if you can steal a win in Atlanta and beat New Orleans, Green Bay. That's going to be a tough one up there in December. Really, if you, if you count San Francisco and Jacksonville as losses, Tampa Bay has to win six out of the out of the remaining seven games, six out of the other seven games. Right. So uh, can they do that? Well, I don't know. I don't know that they can, Matt. I really don't. No, I don't think I don't they think. can because you should have beat the Falcons the first time and you should have beat the Texans yesterday and you didn't. So that doesn't give me hope that you can win six out of those seven games if you lose to Jacksonville, if you lose to the 49ers. Yeah, the the coin flip games and right. they're oh and oh and two at least in their last two coin flip games. That's right, the Atlanta and Houston. Yep. So to think that they're just gonna go six and seven is a uh, mighty mighty stretch. Yeah, for this team. Uh, there you are, Scott Jacks with the nine ninety nine super chat. Thanks, Scott. Who says we have a players coach? He protects them from foxes like a mother hen. <laughs> It's not working. He needs to flush that. It ain't working. He needs to flush it and go all Gruden on them. Thoughts? Um, I, I I think that what, what this team is missing that they had with Bruce Arians was that fear factor that, you know, Bruce Arians is famous for being, you know, jovial and saying, you know, um, I, I cuss him out, you know, and then yeah, I hug coach him, him hard, know. hug him later. I think exactly. Right. Um, and, and uh, I, I don't know that, that, that Bowles is is doing the cussing part, and not that you have to use foul language, but th there was a fear factor with Bruce Arians. He would bench your ass, he would cut you, right? Um, I mean, he 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 had a temper, right? And and he would lay into guys, and 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 I don't know that there's that fear factor. And when you see players week after week, like Ryan Neal that mm -hmm. that should have been benched, Devin White who should have been benched a couple times last year and this year as well, and they continue to, to stick out there stay out there in the starting lineup. Other players notice that. And it says, well, if you're going to give him leeway, then, you know, you can give me leeway too. And it shouldn't be that way. Everybody should be, you, know, you look at some of the best coaches, man, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells, you know, uh, there a little bit of fear factor goes a long way. John Gruden was that way. Bruce Arians was that way. And those are the two Super Bowl winning head coaches in Tampa. Yeah, and on top of that, certainly Bruce was. Uh, we talked earlier about guys like JPP, uh, yeah. we're definitely hold people accountable and even having Brady in there, you know, yes. Brady, even in his first season, but he's, you know, he obviously built that big career before yeah, he even got did not want to disappoint the goat. You did not yeah. want to draw the ire of Tom Brady. And yeah. that plays a role into things. Who's that guy now uh, in, in this Bucks locker room? Yeah. We don't know. It's right. maybe, is it a little too buddy, buddy at times? Mm -hmm. Might be, might yeah. be. Anyway, meets McGee with the $2 super chat. John McKay had Joe Gibbs on his staff. Yeah, Joe Gibbs was uh, – I, I grew up a Washington Redskins fan. I was born in Northern Virginia, and it was my first team. John Riggins was my guy. I had a dog named Manley after Dexter Manley. Um, <laughs> I just – one of my favorite teams. And and he and Gibbs would hold you accountable. I mean, he looked like an accountant, but, man, he had a temper too. Great offensive coordinator, great offensive mind. Uh, one of your favorite teams probably should be the uh, Pick'em team that you so choose on Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you use that promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a first deposit bonus when you use Underdog Fantasy. Um, you could play the Pick'ems, which you can follow my picks every Friday on Pewter Picks and Props. Where I went to, yeah, Great where show. I went two and one this week, went one and one of my Bucks picks. But anyway, you're just picking the higher or lower on certain stats, whether it's receiving yards, passing yards. 
pick up to two players, one from each team, or you could pick up to five and win 20 times your money. And you don't have to just do it with the Bucks games. You could do it for tonight's Jets-Chargers games. Maybe you think the Jets defense is going to smoke Justin Herbert. You're going to go lower on all the yards and stats for Justin Herbert. Whatever it is, could be football, could be baseball, basketball, hockey, all the great sports. Just start using Underdog Fantasy, win that money, using the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Yep. More Super, Super Chats. chats. Yeah. In here. Just the guy, Linux. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Says, personally, I am going for two former Bucks to replace the current staff. Rondé for general manager and Brian Greasy for head coach, like the Shanahan tree. Yeah. Yeah. Is Brian Greasy? I think he's still a commentator, right? He's not a coach anymore, is he? I don't know. Greasy? He yeah, he was doing like the Monday night football. Yeah. But right. not so, anymore. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. It's obviously Joe Buck and Troy I, Aikman. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get where you're going and I, I appreciate the outside the box thinking. Uh, Rondé for general manager. I, I could end up seeing that. I think Rondé has got um he's got a good eye for talent. Um, he is, you know, he knows players. I mean, he played 16 years. He played with a bunch of players. You know, he kn- he knows what greatness looks like, and I trust his eye for talent. Um, not getting ready, not not getting rid of Jason anytime soon. But yeah. uh, if if it happened, I, I would not, I would not say Rondé Barber would be, would be a bad hire. I think he'd be a very good hire, general manager. Vice with the ten dollars super chat. Appreciate you, Vice says. I believe there is a crisis of morale on the defensive side due to lack of progress on the offensive side. If your offense keeps losing, you start wondering why you're playing so hard. I agree with that to an extent, but yeah, then the but offense played so well. Yeah, uh, it, it yeah, was not the case Sunday. yesterday. I mean, the, Matt, they had a 10-point lead, right? Yeah. You had a 10-point lead. You're scoring not just a field goal in your opening drive for the second time this year, but you had a touchdown in the first yeah, quarter, right? Exactly. So, I mean, Boy, if, if there's if there's a game for the defense to play inspired football, it's kind of like finally, finally, you guys are showing up on the other side of the ball. And I, so I, I, I get the premise maybe in previous games, but it doesn't make sense from what happened yesterday. I mean, yeah. if anything, it, it should have inspired the defensive players to play even harder because right. wow, we're actually playing complimentary football. I agree with you. Now, if it's something over frustration over what Bowles is calling, then yeah, yeah. they're a little more uh yeah. a little more of a, a sticking point to yeah it, i, I think that might be the case yeah yeah agreement. we shall see moving forward and moving on with the super chat Zachary <laughs> jarvis of the 499 super chat says if light gets fired i wonder if ronde barber could be our general manager we've seen what john lynch did for the 49ers maybe ronde could do something similar yeah great great minds think like we just yeah. had that comment yeah, i mean exactly. yeah i i would not doubt ronde barber in that capacity i think he'd be very good just a uh just a thought Meets McGee with the $5 Super Chat says, uh, can we point out all the core guys who we know that will be here for the future? And is there a yeah. hidden medical issue with Sean Tucker? Nope. It's a pass protection issue with Sean Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the reason why he's not playing. Yeah. As far as like core guys, I mean, they want to re-sign Tristan Wirfs and, yep. or sign him to an extension, re-sign uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, all, a lot of the guys are still on rookie contracts. So, yeah. you know, or, you, you or like, like Vita Vea, like still in on sure, the yeah, second Vita, deal. You know, yeah, all that. definitely. Um, Carlton and Jamel is still under contract. Yeah. No, people aren't happy with them right now. But yeah, I mean, there's still a fair amount of core pieces. Yeah. Shaggy with the $10 super chat says, look at Lenny, talking about Leonard Fournette under yeah. BA, then compare that to last year under Bowles. Discipline accountability starts at the top. That's a fair point, you know, and, and we're seeing the contrast now, right? And and it, you know, last year was it was a last year was a very awkward year for Todd Bowles, and I don't want to say we cut him some slack, but boy, there were some extenuating circumstances, right? When you did not see eye to eye with your offensive coordinator from day one, right? Because that was that was Bruce's guy. Byron was yeah. Bruce's guy, not Todd's guy, right? And and then on top of that, Byron doesn't play well, and it kind of makes you look right, like saying, you know, see, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't Byron that won the Super Bowl, and it wasn't just Byron and Tom. It was A.B. and Gronk, too, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, Mike and Chris are getting doubled, and we have no answers, right? There's no A.B., there's no Gronk to be that open guy for, for Brady to throw to, right? And all of a sudden, there's no Ali Marpet up front. There's no Ryan Jensen. Now Tom's getting hurried, right? So I, I get all that. But, yes, there is a stark contrast between B.A.'s coaching style and Todd's, and B.A. just – Ended up usually getting the best out of players. Yeah, he yeah. knew how to push the right buttons. Yes, for for whatever reason, he was just yep. he was just able to do that. And well that's said. That's why man. that's why he's one of the best coaches in the history of football. Yeah, 
Exactly. You guys come through with the super chats. We got another one here from Josh uh, Chrysler, Matt. We do. 999 super chat. Shout out to Josh with the 999 super chat um, who says, I am currently studying sports journalism at Marist College. Shout out to Marist. I believe that's in Poughkeepsie, New York. I had a friend okay, that there you go. went yeah. to Marist. A couple people I knew that went to Marist. Mm -hmm. I've been following SR, Peter Reports, since childhood. Any tips on how I can get into the industry, <laughs> hopefully uh, end up covering the Bucks in a few years? Great question. I yeah, already like that, the uh, the initiative. Scott, I'll let you answer this first. Uh, I do too. Um, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk with you. You want to do like a little quick phone interview or, or something? I'm happy. Um, I, I believe in, in giving back to future generations and yep. uh, try to help as many upcoming writers and journalists, uh, inspiring sports you know, people as, as much as I can. So email me at sr.peterreport.com, Josh, and I'm happy to answer your questions. Yeah, Josh, great comment. Great question. Yeah. Thank you for the super chat. Um, just a couple of uh, things of advice I will give. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, try to make yourself as, um, I was going to say, as useful as possible. Try to be able to do as many different things yeah. as possible. Sure, you want to be a writer? That's great. Yep. So do a thousand other people. Great Can point. you edit audio? Can you do graphics? Can yep. you? Are you comfortable on camera talking all the time? I right. think the more extensive things, especially at a place like Peter Report, that will help you go a very long way. Stay yep. consistent with your writing because, again, people wake up one day and they go, yeah, you know what? I got an opinion about the Bucks. I'm going to write about the Bucks," And they yep. do it for like a month. Right. And then they get a little tired and then they don't yep. feel like doing it anymore. It's That's the right. flavor of the week. You got to keep consistently doing mm -hmm. it. If you reach out to someone, you may not get an answer. And this is kind of cliche. I've heard this before, but it is yep. true. Reply again in a, in a respectable amount of time. Oh, yeah. you haven't talked to someone in six months? Oh, hey, by the way, I wrote the story if you want to check it out. Yeah. Showing that you care and that you give a shit actually goes a very long way. Because I've had people reach out to me. Oh, hey, I want to do this. Hey, I want to do yeah. that. I say, oh, that's great. Why don't you send me like a sample of your work right. or something? And I get one thing, and then that's it. And I don't hear from anybody. Well, what do you want yeah. me to do? I told you to stay mm -hmm. consistent with me. I said, whenever you write something, feel free to send it to me. So, yeah, if you want to reach out to Scott, if you want to reach out to me, I'm Matt at PeterReport.com. Happy yeah. to answer any more questions, but uh, those are some of the pieces yeah. of advice I would give. I, I agree wholeheartedly. That's great advice, Matt. Don't knock on the door, people. Kick the door down. There's a lot of people that knock on our door all the time, and yeah. you know they expect an answer. And it's like, you want the job, you want the opportunity, you want my time, you want Matt's time. Knock, knock the door down. We're, we're busy people, and that's not an excuse, but but uh, show us that, that, you, that you want it. How bad do you want it? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Last super chat here from Meets McGee, $2. We appreciate that. Derek Brooks, his team president, steady. Yeah, he's got a great gig over there working with the Lightning. But, you know, you cut him open, he bleeds uh, pewter and red for sure. Um, you know, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, Derek Brooks, Ronnie Barber, you know, <laughs> get the old, get the old uh, gang back together. You know, uh, another guy that kind of bleeds uh, pewter a little bit here is Eric Gross. Man, Eric is a huge Tampa Bay fan. And I'm a big fan of Eric's because he's the official realtor of Peter Report. He's also a great guy. I've had a, a chance to get to know him. And uh, listen, folks, this is about relationships. When you want to buy or sell your house, it's the most important and the most lucrative investment you're going to make. So you want to have somebody that you can trust, somebody that you know, and that's Eric Gross. Their clients at the Eric Gross Group are not just transactions. They form lifelong friendships. Eric has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. He's a Tampa native. He's a Peter Report reader. His father was stationed in McDill. He knows this area. He and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellence that sets them apart. Make sure that you visit their website, housesinfla.com, housesinfla.com. Check out their website. It's got a great layout. They have all their inventory on there. Or give Eric a call. He'll talk to you and answer any questions that you might have. 513-907-4271. Again, Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report, and visit housesinfla.com. We have one last super chat from okay, uh, our friend it. Shaggy. He just wanted to know, Scott, did you get my email? I had, I did get your email, and I appreciate that. And I've, I'm sending that over to Celsius, and you can get your Celsius uh, probably sooner rather than later. But thank you very much, Shaggy. Great. And in the meantime, uh, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms at Peter Report on X, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. And then, of course, our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV, where we have the podcast four times a week. Scott's Peter Pulse, My Peter Picks and Props. 
various other uh, clips and things from practice and press conferences. We have some Todd Bowles content up already from uh, from his press conference earlier in the in the day. <laughs> as uh, Michael Del Rosario says, Eric Gross for GM, sign a player and he'll sell them a house. There you go. All right, that's getting the signing bonus money and sell them a house at the same time. Exactly. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. No show tomorrow on Tuesday. We'll have one on Wednesday because the Bucs do have another game uh, where they are taking on another rookie quarterback in Will Levis with the Tennessee Titans. But that'll do it for us today. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.